down to earth What went down in the van Allegedly, 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 allegedly Beers with bands Beers with bands Beers with bands Beers with bands Yeah, thanks for um, thanks for asking. It's uh, it's when we were like still a pretty active band, podcasts weren't as big as they right. are now. So like, uh, it's it's sort of weird. Like, um, Instagram wasn't a thing when we were a band. Um, podcast, I mean, podcasts were a thing, but you know they weren't as big as they are now. And like Billy, our other guitarist, he he just did one the other night. Okay. With, which I think it's called um, horror flicks and guitar picks or something like that. And the dude just gets like, <clears throat> excuse me, guys from bands to, I guess, just talk about horror movies. And that's like Billy's bread and butter. So <laughs> it, it, it's funny getting asked to do these things now, like so, so long after the fact, but it's cool. Uh, so yeah, I'll get it started here. I'll do my crack and stuff. Yeah, man. Well, I got to do mine. <laughs> Want to do simultaneous ones? Yeah, yeah. Count All it right. off. Three, two, one. Nineteen years of my life spent feeling cold. The rabbit side was once in my old home. But what was I to do? Still sifting through the fog, still feeling wrong. But I've got to go on. I think I beat the cold. I can finally feel the What is up, everybody? Uh, Michael, back with another episode of Beers with Bands, and this this is a big one, uh, especially for for me. Um, and I know a lot of people are gonna hopefully get a kick out of this episode. I have Alec McVeigh um, of formerly of Crucial Dudes here with me tonight. Um, how's it going, Alec? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Um, for people that might not remember. Uh, Cruise Dudes was a pop punk band out of New Jersey. Um, formed what early, late like two thousand nine. Uh, before that, no, it was it was about two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Um, two thousand nine. I guess we we put the demo out, and that's when things sort of started to pick up. Yeah. But yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You had the right era. <laughs> sure. Um, and they you recently just which we'll get into here. Uh, just remastered and re-released uh, your main uh, LP, uh, 61 Pen, which we'll get into. Um, so I guess to start out, for people that don't remember uh, the lineup fully, Alec, what did you do in Crucial Dudes? So um, in Crucial Dudes, I played guitar and uh, you know wrote a bunch of songs. So yeah, there was the, there was five of us. So. And then obviously we're, we are missing four other uh, yeah, four, crucial yeah. members. Uh, yeah. Who who else uh, was all a part of Crucial Dudes with you? Um, so Jason uh, Bittner was our singer, is our singer, was our singer, whatever you want to say. Um, Billy Bollinger is our other guitar player. Brandon Icometta is our bass player. And Eric McConathy, or we call him Cheeks, uh, he was our drummer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, going... 
we're just going to go way back to that 2008, 2009. Yeah. How did Crucial Dudes come to be? So, um, I was playing in, uh, you know, my first band that, you know, that close friends and I had started when I was in, you know, seventh grade. I was just super young. Um, playing, I played in that band all through high school pretty much. Um, and around 2008, um, we, we were playing shows with, um, a band that Jason and Billy were both in and we, we became close friends and we played shows together all the time. And the band that they were in fell apart kind of simultaneously as the band that I was in fell apart. So all the members of their band, you know, that they parted ways with their guitarist and Mm -hmm. then I sort of just stepped in and that's how, and that, that was like the first, the very first lineup of crucial dudes. And uh, so we played, we, we only wrote a few songs um, through that. Th- that was like maybe like a, a, a four to five month window um, with that with that lineup of Crucial Dudes. We played a few shows, a handful of shows. And um, I've, the band I was in hadn't completely fallen apart yet. Um, it was, it was in the works and I've, I've always been so terrible at being in two bands at once. Um, just, it just really stresses me out. And like, it, it's such a, you're so torn because like, I just want to make as much music as possible with like all of my friends. Yeah. Um, but like when bands are trying to be equally as busy, it can get stressful and it, and it just sucks. Um, so I've always, and to this day, I'm still pretty terrible at that. But, um, so my band hadn't completely, you know, fallen apart yet. So I left crucial dudes for, uh, you know, maybe like six months. And in that time was when, uh, the drummer left also and Eric stepped in. Um, so they replaced me, they got Eric. And then, um, in January of 2009, uh, I was completely without a band. Uh, my band sort of fell apart. I had written, I had like a bunch of like songs I was working on. And in, in the meantime, I, you know, was still friends with those guys. I just, I, I can't handle the two band thing. Yeah. Um, so January, 2009, I came back. They, they parted ways with their guitarist who replaced me and I came back. Um, and at that time they had already started recording the demo. Um, so I was, I was there for like the last few like guitar sessions and vocal sessions of the demo. And then we just kind of hit the ground running as soon as that, as soon as that was like ready to go. And we just burnt CDs, you know, from my laptop, like crazy. And, you know, drew like stupid pictures on them and like, you know, sold them for five bucks or we probably gave them all away. Um, so I'm trying, I'm trying to think it gets like, our, dude, our band was so weird. It just like, <laughs> like once, once we hit like right before, like the year leading up to us putting out 61 pen, we, it became the five, the five of us, you know, that made that record. And that's yeah. what it was the rest of the time. But up until then it was like this person's not in the band at the moment and then they're back in the band and then they're out of the band again and then 
you know, we're looking for, you know, someone to play this. And it, it, it's, it's just, it's such a, a mind fuck. It's crazy. <laughs> and Jeez. then like at one point, Eric, our drummer, he didn't leave the band, but we had just graduated high school and he, he was going to school in Hawaii. So he was like, I still want to be in the band. And this was before we wrote 61 pen. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll just, you know, have a fill in while you're away. And then when you're home, we'll record and play shows. And, uh, so while that was happening, our friend Kyle, uh, we call him clams. He, um, he's thanked on the inside of 61 pen. Uh, he would he would play my guitar parts and I would play drums and we would play a bunch of shows and in that time when Eric was in Hawaii oh it's it's so crazy uh, we, we we parted ways with our bass player and then we got Brandon so when Eric came back from Hawaii Brandon was in the band and then that's that's when it like solidified that's when it was like okay like it's the five of us now and that's what it was for the like that's how we wrote 61 pen and then everything on after that so from 2009 through 2010 it was just like it was it was a total like back and forth of like what the fuck are we doing but eventually we we found our footing um and it was a little bit stressful because we had already like um gained a little bit of attention at that time with the demo and people seemed to really like it and we had done um we had done a tour behind it and played a bunch of shows locally and, and a lot of kids would come out. Um, so the fact that we constantly had like these, uh, push and pull, you know, lineup problems was a little bit frustrating, but eventually we, we got there. Um, so yeah. So then a lot of the time when Eric was in Hawaii, uh, I was taking some classes at, county college um and billy was working he was just working at like a grocery store and had like weird hours and so i would you know i would get out of i would get out of class at like one in the afternoon and billy would be like oh well i'll be i'll you know i'm out of work at two so i'll just shoot up and then we would just sit in my basement and and that's how we wrote the songs like the the entire everything crucial dudes ever wrote was either a song that i had and brought to the table or a song that Billy had and brought to the table. And then we just sat in a room together, flesh it out and then brought it to Jason and Jason did the vocals and the lyrics. And like, that was how every song came together. So in the time that Eric was in Hawaii and I was going to County college and Billy was working, you know, at Acme, the local grocery store to us, um, that, that was how, that was how the record came together. And then, um, while that was happening was when Brandon, our bass player joined the band and uh then eric decided that he was going to no longer he you know he did his first year of college in hawaii mm-hmm. and then he was going to transfer to drexel which is in philly and we're you know we're in jersey but we're 10 minutes away from philly okay. so th- we, we were incredibly happy to hear that <laughs> um so he came back in you know may um and i think and we and we recorded the record in june and then yeah, I, th- I think we practiced for two weeks, recorded the record in June in like five days. Um, yeah, and then we we did two tours behind the record. Oh wow! I, I now well no, 
because we did one after we after we made the record. Um, we we toured with our friends in Shared Arms, who we did the split with. Yep. Um, we did a tour with them, and the record wasn't out yet, but I'm pretty sure it leaked. So like a bunch of kids knew it, uh, which was you know mildly frustrating, but like to be you know a relatively new band and you go out and the record's not even out yet and everybody knows the words you're like okay well, like I'll take it it's cool yeah like you don't like you know it's gonna be like some sort of like mind-boggling to because you always think about like bigger bands getting their stuff leaked but like yeah to be at your guys's level and have it happen like it's 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 a blessing but a, a curse like at the same like it sucks at the same yeah. time but like it's it's gotta be amazing yeah yeah for sure and just that you know that's that's the way of the internet it's it's a blessing and a curse um so when we toured with shared arms we i think that was the month after we made the record so the record wasn't out yet we we weren't sure what we were doing with it um and then the summer after that the record was out and we toured with his days come who we did the other split with uh and then the timeline gets a little bit fuzzy, but some somewhere in all in 2011, we were recording, we recorded those songs, like the song for the shared arm split, the songs for the his day split. Maybe we recorded the songs for the his day split in early 2012. Wow, I I don't know. It's it's it happened somewhere in there, and then you know, and then we broke up. <laughs> uh, it. it we we've never really talked about it too much because it was kind of a a crappy ending. It it was it it was really really sour. Like we had, I'm not gonna go into too many details because we're we're all on great terms now. Yeah, no, I don't want to like start anything no, no, or anything no, no, no. like that. It, yeah, yeah, but it's like, but it ended, you know, in a in a not so great way, and we we bailed on a month long tour that we had booked the week before we were supposed to leave. And it was just kind of like, uh, we reacted, you know, we, we, we all got really hot about it. We were, we were, you know, pretty, you know, just upset. So we, we reacted and didn't really think, and we were just like, okay, well, fuck it. We're not a band anymore. And uh, yeah, it was weird. There, there was a few years where the idea of like, like people would mention crucial dudes to us and we were just like, Ugh. like it, it just left such a sour taste in our mouths. And over time, uh, you know, time heals all. Yeah. And, and we, we tossed around the idea of doing a reunion show and, uh, we were fortunate to have, uh, friends in the Philly area who are, you know, who put on shows at like the, the go-to venues for a you know small punk band yeah or like a you know a small punk band of our size in philly and um i don't know if you've ever been to philly or have heard of the first unitarian church but it's like it's that's like the punk rock venue in philadelphia like that's i spent every weekend of my high school career going to shows at the church um you, you've just seen everyone there and like all all of your favorite bands have played the church and we tossed around the idea of doing a reunion show this was 2015 um 
we toss around the idea and we all we all uh, you know agreed we were we were down to do it we were it was at a point where like we we wanted to revisit that time in our lives with without such a sour taste in our mouths because it, you know clearly uh, our band had meant a lot to you know a decent amount of people like yeah. a, you know, more people than we would have ever expected it to um so you know we all we all agreed you know this would be awesome if we got to do this and then our friend jeff myers who um he drums in the band restorations uh he worked for r5 which is a production company in philly and he was like i think i think you guys should do it at the church like i think you'd be able to sell out the church and the church is like a 500 cap room hmm. And like to us, that's that's big. That yeah. like we ne- we had never played a show that big, um. And you know we got we we set it all up. We we you know figured it all out, and we put it up. We put the tickets on sale, and it sold out in like a week. Jeez. And we were like, oh shit, like this is crazy. <laughs> um, and it just you know we played the show, and it was like it, it was easily to this day the best night of my life. It was just it just so so important um to all of us sorry i'm getting some like weird shit coming up on my internet browser right now you still hear me yeah i can still hear you all right cool um so we yeah it sold out super fast we uh we played the show it was just absolutely insane um and we had we had a really really good time uh and the night before because it, because it sold out so fast, um, Jeff was like, "You should got you guys should do a show in Jersey the night before as like a like a pre-show sort of thing, like uh, mm-hmm. you know something low more low something you know Philly's only ten minutes from us, but something more low like do a small Jersey show for like you know because there were a ton of people traveling in from out of town, so if people were coming in for the weekend, like do a show on the Friday night and like you know kind of just like a small." It, it wasn't small it was a pretty big show but it was like but like a good a good like pre-hang to yeah. like the big the big show um and that was that was really crazy that was cool um so we played the reunion show at the church and it felt great it was awesome to play the songs again it was awesome for you know the five of us to play together again um and then uh are you familiar with the fest down in florida oh yeah yeah Yeah. so uh, we've all we we've all played the fest before in like other bands um and i guess the guy uh, tony who runs the fest he got wind that we were playing shows and he had and this is kind of funny so he had he had a band at one of the it's not like the bigger bigger venues but it's like where sort of like um i'm trying to think of an example like some like smaller epitaph bands like the sidekicks and you know that sort of stuff uh, like timeshares and those bands like a venue where those bands sort of play Mm -hmm. he had a band drop off they couldn't make it anymore and he hit us up and was like hey would you guys be interested in coming down and playing and you know we quickly talked about it and jason our singer was living in Florida at the time. He was he was in Orlando, so he was only two hours away. Yeah. But the three other guys in Crucial Dudes, not me and not Jason, the three other guys 
were in another band together um, called Pedactor, and they were playing Fest. So it was really just a matter of me figuring out how to get there. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we'll do it. So we just rented a van and all drove down together. Um, so we played the Fest. That was the following October. And then we just kept getting like little offers, not little offers, but offers for shows. Um, Cause like people would just catch wind that we, you know, we played reunion shows and then we played fest and then, Oh, so to backtrack, the funny part of the fest story was, um, are you familiar with into it over it? Yeah. Yeah. So Evan who is, you know, is into it over it. He's from Cherry Hill. So he's from 10 minutes away from here. Okay. Um, it's the band that dropped off fest was his old band called the progress and the progress were like, they were like my local band growing up. Like I would, I, they, I love them so much. And I'm, you know, uh, we're friends with uh, their guitarist. We're like, we're, you know, so it was like a band that we would have all gone to like, to have seen at the fest and then they dropped and we got their spot. So it was like, <laughs> damn, this sucks. Cause like we all would really want to see the progress. Cause Ugh. I was, I was even like too young when they were like playing shows. So I never got to see them. So it was like, Oh, I could have gone to fest and seen the progress, but they dropped and we got their spot on this awesome show. So it was kind of cool. It was, it was, it was a bummer and it was, it was cool at the same time. Um, so yeah, we played fest and then we got offered to play one of transit's last shows wow um it, at, at webster hall in new york and we we don't know those guys we never met those guys um but i think their their manager or their tour manager or some someone who books them it was a fan of ours and knew that we were playing some shows and he hit us up and it was it was weird because the show was on like a thursday i think they were doing two nights at webster hall and like there was a thursday night show and a friday night show or maybe it was a Friday night and a Saturday. I don't know. Um, but they, they hit us up super last minute, like maybe two weeks before the show. And we're like, hey, would you want to come play this? And we were like, yeah, sure, fuck it. And we went up and played that. And then, um, yeah, and then just, uh, you know, a few more shows after that of like similar instances. Like some, they would have this cool show and they'd be like, hey, do you guys, would you guys be down to come and play? And we did. And then we sort of realized that you know, if we're going to keep playing shows like this, where it's like people just feel like hitting us up and, you know, want us to come play, it's like, well, maybe we should, you know, write some new songs. Mm -hmm. So we're not just going up and playing these songs that are like eight years old at this point, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, Cause like, as fun as it is, like, you, you know, you want to play new shit. You want to mm -hmm. play, you know, you want to play something fresh. Um, so that was when we wrote the two newer songs, um, Shitty Wizard and Weed Demon. And uh, we we went into the same studio that we made 61 Pen with the same engineer and we, you know, recorded those songs. And then we played maybe two shows after we released them. And um, it just, and you know, we, nev we never like broke back up. We, ne mm -hmm. we never like said like, hey, we're not a fucking man anymore. We're done. It was just like, it became harder again to like get everybody on the same page like okay well we're getting asked to do this show like can we all make it it became like it just became another stressful thing and um uh, there's a brewery over in pennsylvania called neshaminy creek 
<clears throat> which some friends of ours own and every year they do like a big anniversary party like for you know however many years they've been they had been open and operating and they I, I can't remember which year it was but they were having this band Sam I am play and they were like hey would you guys want to come play this and Sam I am you know they're one of, they're a band that I really really like a lot and we were like yeah hell yeah sure we'll come and play and like I don't even think I don't think we got paid anything but he was like you can drink all you want and we're like cool that's 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 good for us right um and it's like you know it's only 25 minutes away so it's not a big deal um that was and you know it it was just becoming increasingly harder to to get everybody on the same page to play shows again so at that point we were like uh all right this is going to be the last show that we play for you know just for the you know the foreseen future like it just we we don't have anything planned yeah um and and by no means were you know was i saying like hey we don't want to fucking play shows anymore we don't want to do anything it's like it's like no we just don't have anything planned that's it like that's all it is um and so that was maybe 2018 or 2017 i can't really remember i'm blanking on it but uh last year um, probably around the spring, probably right, you know, right around when like the pandemic really hit, we, um, we got the rights to all of our songs back from the label that had put out the splits and, um, and 61 pen. And I, I didn't like get that moving in, you know, in anticipation of like, Oh, we're, we're going to fucking repress the records ourselves. It was Mm -hmm. just like, Hey, we, you know, we put this record out a really long time ago and it was, you know, for, (laughs) to our standards, pretty successful. And, you know, we could just put, you know, we're not really an active band anymore. So we just put that shit up ourselves and like not have to go through a record label anymore. And like, it was never a, uh, it was never like a legal thing. It was all, it was just like, it's just one of our homies that was like, yeah, I want to put the record out. And we're like, all right, cool. And that's all it was. It was just a handshake. It was just, you know, um, so I just hit him up and he was totally cool about it. And I was like, Hey, you know, it's been, you know, nine years. Like, uh, we kind of just want all the rights to everything back. Like, so we can just put it up ourselves. And like, we had just have total control of it. And he was super cool about it. Gave it, gave everything over right to us. Um, and we have a group chat, and we were just talking and it really quickly, it came up like, ah, shit, like next year's like, will be the 10 year anniversary for 61 pen. Um, so um, yeah, like immediately everyone's like, oh yeah, we should do it. We should do it. We should do it. Um, and it stinks because like, I would love, I would love to play a show and, and we all would, we would all be yeah. super down to play a show, like, or play show, just any shows. Um, like behind it but it's it's just so tough it's just such a weird such a weird weird time to be you know in a band or trying to you know push records or anything but uh yeah so oh and at at, like at the same time we talked about like oh you know we should do we should do like a 10-year anniversary pressing a 61 pen and for whatever reason uh the the label that we were on they never put any of the split songs on any streaming services it was they just existed on bandcamp and i feel like so many people who like 
you know, who listen to our band have no idea that those songs exist. Oh, hundred percent. That's how I was. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Excuse me. Um, so a lot of people have no idea that those songs exist. And our, our drummer, Eric has been beating that fucking drum for a while. Like we need to get those songs put on streaming services because people don't fucking know them. Um, so that, that was also like a goal. Like, okay, no, we don't have like an album's worth of like EP songs, but like, let's take the two songs that we did in 2016, take the song from the shared arm split, take the song from the, his day split, take the descendants cover we did and just, you know, throw it all together. Uh, we had them all remixed and remastered and finally put that, you know, up on everything. So people, you know, have access to it if they want it. Um, yeah. So we started getting like the, you know, gears in motion for the, uh, the 10 year anniversary pressing back in maybe May, May or June. And, um, yeah, and, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to talk talk shit, but the uh, the idea came up pretty quickly of like, hey, we should do new artwork for the record because uh, just being as transparent as possible, we all fucking hate the art like the original artwork. Oh for, really? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and I'm not, it, it was just super rushed. And like, I have no idea what the fuck it's supposed to mean. And like, and, and I don't, and I'm not trying to talk shit on the guy who did it because he's a really, really great artist and he's done other album artwork that I absolutely love. But that one, I was like, I just don't fucking get it. it it's just not what any of us ever imagined for the album art. Yeah. Um, so we talked about uh, doing new artwork. But we also thought it would be, or I thought it would be, and, and I think the, the, you know, the other guys agreed that, like, it would be kind of weird to try and completely reinterpret it, like, to do something, you know, completely out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, why don't we just play it, like, super simple? Like, keep it, keep it, like, really, really um, just clean looking, not, like, nothing flashy, keep it very minimalistic. And I think, I, I really like how it turned out. I think it turned out pretty sharp. It, it um, looks wonderful the way it turned out, especially since it's, it's even though it's sixty one pen, it's a whole nother release, and I feel like yeah. it adds that other aspect of like setting it aside as its own thing. Yeah, and it, it it's minimal, but it does it looks great, looks wonderful, does Thank really well. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, and there's like little stuff about it. Our friend Brian did um, did the new layout and the new artwork, and there's little stuff about it that does like tie back into the original release. Like if you look on the cover, like under where it says crucial dudes, each if like certain, like ran, they look, it looks like random letters have like a little block underneath. Oh yeah. There you go. You got it right yeah, there. I got it. I got yeah. it. Here. So yeah. the little one. So yeah. So you see like those little blocks underneath. Yep. Yeah. For the audio listeners, Michael was holding up his copy of the record. <laughs> uh, so those the the ones that have the little block underneath are the ones on the original cover that were like on those like kind of letters that are like jutting out uh, like if okay. you look at the original cover yeah so that's where that comes from and then just the 61 pen how it has the two lo- like the line over top and underneath yeah. yeah so like on the original one it's like that but it's like a lot longer um but so it's just kind of cleaned up there okay so if you like pull it up online later you'll you'll notice it 
Yeah. But um, yeah, our friend Brian did that, and yeah, I just thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, that, but, I mean that looks good. That was also like one of my things I wanted to ask about today too is, like, what did those mean? And it's nice yeah. that it ties back into the original. So yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool, and like it, uh, you know, paid homage to that for you know, you know, for whatever that's worth. But it's. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it was just such a weird album cover. And I'm sure, like, it's cool artwork for something else that's not, like, a punk band's record. <laughs> like, it, it's it's just weird. But, yeah. But now it's so, so we, iconic, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe. I, like, it, if it's if it's that iconic, I really wish it was... It was That makes me really wish it was different from the start. <laughs> but, you know, we, we got it now, so we, you know, we were able to do what we wanted to do with it. So, yeah. But, um... um. Yeah, so th- I mean that that takes us to present day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, jumping kind of more back to like the beginning of your story when you're talking about the demos, uh, for people that are probably wondering, uh, the demos would also be considered the Crucial Dude self-titled EP, right? Yeah, yeah. I, whatever okay. we we never called it any. It was just whatever you wanted to call it. Okay. You could call, it, call it an EP. You could call it the demo. You. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I personally would love to see some of those songs remastered. Granted, I know two of the songs do end up on 61 Pen, but, like, Use a Bitch, like, that's a great song. <laughs> uh, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Like, the names alone were, were, were great, too, so. Yeah. So, the problem with that is um, the, the guy that we recorded those songs with, I, I reached out to him years ago. And because those versions that are online were never mastered. They're all just like rough, rough tracks. And I think that's why, like, maybe that's why sometimes we'll call it the demo because they were just recorded and then handed to us on, you know, a CD or what, you know, when you're leaving the studio, they're like, oh yeah. It's like, that's, that's what, what was meant for you to listen to in the car on your way home from the studio, not like to be released. Uh, and the, to be completely honest, I don't even know if they're technically mixed. They might be like super, super roughly mixed, but the one song that's labeled Fast Song is blaringly louder than yeah. the rest of them. So, uh, so I hit him up and I was like, hey, you know, I, I think it was around the time of the reunion show. Um, and I was like, you know, the label we're on would, you know, are expressing interest in pressing this on a seven inch for excuse me uh the reunion shows we're doing and then i just never heard anything ne- like never got back to me i was like all right i'll just go fuck myself sounds good <laughs> uh so yeah I, you know i could hit him up again i i don't know i don't know where the five of us stand with putting those on vinyl maybe you know i i think a bunch of people would want it yeah maybe so who knows uh you know i'll never say never but uh that that'll be a little bit more of a task. That's like something that I, I don't even know if the dude has those like raw files anymore. Like that, like that could be, that could be the issue. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if, if we had the option to, there's a good chance we, we would maybe do it, but you know, who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hit him up at some point. If, if this fucking pandemic lasts any longer and I get, I want like a task. Maybe yeah, I'll hit him up. I get them fucking remixed or something. Well, with the pandemic, you, I mean, like you said, you guys have been working on 
doing a spiff in time, which is all the splits, and then Wee Demon and uh, Shitty Wizard, and then also getting everything ready for the re-release. Um, with that, uh, I know a lot of people were in anticipation for the specific day that the re-release was happening. I know I was. Um, still bummed I woke up too late, missed out on the splatter <laughs> print. Uh, uh, lucky to everyone else that did get one. Yeah. Um, how like it, it's been crazy seeing how fast those have gone. Did yeah. that surprise any of you guys that they were going to go that fast? Dude, definitely. Um, so <laughs> leading up to it, like you know, I don't have all the space in the world in my house. So like, you know, my my room's already being overrun by one my own record collection, and then two records from my bands like my you know eric and i are in another band together we pressed our own record i have those in the corner and then i now i have all the crucial dudes records and i'm like fuck it's taking up a lot of room uh but yeah so i had i you know and brandon kept saying like this entire time that we like leading up to us putting out the you know the repress he's like i think you know i think it's gonna go really well i think it's gonna go really well and I always just try to not get my hopes up. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we were fortunate. Uh, fortunate. I don't know if that's the right word, but we were a band where we seemed to have only gotten bigger after we broke up. Like, like we broke up, and and then more and more people just kept finding out about us, and we were like, well, cool. This fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, but. You know, and and I think a lot of the people that found out about us after the fact, you know, didn't have the chance to grab the original pressing of the record. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it was a total surprise. Um. I thought they would do well. I didn't know how well. And. So I was ordering all of the uh, the LP mailers, to you know, to get them shipped out to everybody, and. I was like, well, I have no idea how, like, you know, we could sell 60 in the first day. Mm. And then, you know, I don't want to have 500 mailers sitting in my basement. So yeah. I, just to be safe, I was like, you know what? I'll order 200 and see how that goes. And then, then in the first day, we like blasted right past two. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily I was able to pack, you know, we packed all those up, um, got, got, you know, got those boxed up. And then like the next day I ordered, you know, 200 more. Um, and now I'm going to have to order more in like a day or so. So, um, yeah, we, uh, you know, I thought it would do relatively well for a band that, you know, is hardly a band. Uh, but I had no idea how, how well it do, it, it, you know, how well it would do. It could, go, it could have gone either way. And I would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that seems <laughs> whatever. Um, but no, it did, it, you know, thankfully uh, you know it, it it really means so much that so many people still give a shit because in my head it was like yeah you know like we have a decent a decent following but like i don't know like 500 records for a band that isn't going to go tour and like hasn't really done anything like it's a little ambitious um and like you know not you know no matter how many fucking monthly listeners you have on Spotify or whatever the fuck you're going off of, like not everybody wants to buy vinyl. Yeah. So like, you know, you're taking a chance. Um, 
and as of today we have you know we just like we just have a hundred left now so yeah so if you uh, you know it's it's been out for two and a half weeks and we only have a hundred left so i'm i'm very very happy with how it went and i'm very surprised and it you know it means a lot it's really cool I'm I'm stoked for you guys. Uh, one also yeah. not to have just a pile of records sitting in your room collecting yeah. dust. Yeah, I'm like um, I keep looking over, and like I'm just watching the the pile like window away, <laughs> which is really really nice. But do my my you know up until last Saturday, this past Saturday, just past my entire basement was lined with records all packed up because I got and like I finally got caught up. I was like they're all packed up. They're all like you know. Um, cause we, we could have put it up for, for sale months ago, Yeah, but cause like, you know, I, I've had the jackets for months now. I've had the inserts for months now. I've had, you know, we got the records early December. So like, and we knew, you know, we knew we, you know, we could have had mock-ups made of like the vinyl color and everything. And we could have put them up months ago, but I've been like, uh, as an avid vinyl, you know, collector, I've been dogged by record labels so many times where they'll put a, a record up for sale months before the release, and then the release comes around and the, the pressing plant is still backed up. Oh yeah. And it was like, let's let's not put anybody through that sort of shit. Let's just put it up when we have the records in hand, and you know they the the orders can come in and we can get them shipping out. You know, the next week. Yeah. Like it, I feel like it's it's. You know, it it sucks to be on the opposite end of that. So, and everybody, thankfully, has been really cool about, you know, because I, you know, I'm a one man operation over here, <laughs> like, like packing these things up and everything. Uh, so everybody, luckily, has been really cool about like, no one's hounding me, like, hey, you know, you haven't shipped my fucking record out yet, <laughs> and it's like, hey, man, like, one, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so, you know. I, it's not like I can have all five of us over here all the time, right? Packing up records, um, you know. And in that case, and like, it's just easier for me because I, you know, I fronted everything, so it's like it's easier if I just, you know, handle everything from like I'm not going to send each guy home with like a stack <laughs> of records and be like, okay, get get all these shipped out. It's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's way easier for me to just keep track of, you know what I have, what's been sent out, what hasn't been sent out, what needs to get done. So, and it keeps me busy. So, you know, you know, if I have like a few hours on a Saturday afternoon where I have absolutely nothing to do, it's like, all right, cool. I'll pack some records up. I'll, you know, you know, do any of that shit. So, yeah. So it went, it went really well. Everyone's been super cool about it. Um, people have been stoked about it, which means a lot. Um, so yeah, it's going great. I'm super, super happy with how it how it turned out. Yeah. I mean, I was stoked when they showed up, and then I was also stoked uh, when you had posted that you had found those extra seven inches. Uh, yeah. So, so I snagged got... those as well. Yeah. So we got the box of those probably around the time that we were started playing, like started getting asked to play shows again. And uh, they were just like sitting in a box with like some T-shirts and stuff. <laughs> um, and I... I don't know why I opened that box. Oh, somebody ordered because we still have the T-shirts online. So somebody ordered one, and I went into that box, and I was like, "Oh shit!" There's like some seven inches in here. Um, and then Eric and Billy and Brandon—they were like, "Oh, we don't. None of us have copies of the his day." <laughs> I'm like, 
I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you guys can all fucking take them. Um, and then, so, like, whatever we had left, I was like, all right, I'll just throw it up online. Um, like, um, so I stayed up that night, and I was like, okay, it's, it's like, definitely midnight their time. They haven't released it. Maybe they're waiting till, like, fucking, like, 9 o'clock or, like, a reasonable time. And then it was like two in the morning. I like I woke I, I woke up the next day and looked at my emails. It was like two in the morning. I was like, God. And then yeah. I, like, I got up, took a shower because I hadn't checked my phone yet. And it was sometime probably within me getting up to take a shower that I had just missed the splatter print. Yeah, dude. It's a yeah. It, it's a bummer. But I'm um, I, like I'm still stoked. I got what I got. But like yeah, like I'm still stoked. Cool. I have physicals. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like same same story with you as like. And it, and it sucks because <laughs> so Spotify has it where you know you can time the release like mm. through through like the digital distribution you can um set like okay do I want it to release on Spotify or you know excuse me all the digital distribution websites like Spotify Apple Music Amazon Music all that shit it was like um, you can set it so it releases at midnight everybody's time. So like at midnight our time we would get it. At midnight central time you would get it. Mm. At midnight someone on the west coast they would get it. Um, which which is kind of an annoying because you don't want to like post about it and be like hey it's available and then like people you know in your area are like well I don't fucking have it yet. Like, right. what, you know um so that's that's kind of annoying and then spotify did some weird shit where like they their algorithm sort of realized that it was a remaster of an album that was already on spotify so the only way you could access it was by searching 61 pen and then you would see it come up but if you went to the crucial dudes page it you wouldn't see it you would just see the original version mm. but to get to it you could either you, you would either have to search for it or go to like the Spotify desktop app, which who the, like who the I'm not using. That. <laughs> yeah. So you would go to the Spotify desktop app and go to 61 Pen and then click on. Apparently, there's a tab that says like one more option, and then that's where the remaster would be. I'm like, well, that's fucking annoying. Like, yeah, I want people to go to the, our page and see like something new. Um, so I fought with <laughs> with fucking Spotify. Like, <laughs> And but I fought with them because it was just like a robot answering my emails, and I was just like, "Give me someone real to talk to." Like this is insane. So finally, they uh, they 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 got it sorted out. But so the, what I'm getting to is Bandcamp doesn't give you the option to like. You can set a release date, yeah. but if you don't if you don't go in there yourself to make it public and like okay hit public and then hit publish. Oh, then it won't, like, automatically yeah. go. Yeah, like, you can't set a time for it. So, <laughs> I was I was staying at my girlfriend's house, and I was, like, you know, I knew it was, um, it, it was, like, mid, it was the, it was the night before the release, so, like, at midnight, it should have gone up, and I was so anxious about, like, getting it up and, like, posting about it in time and, like, making sure, like, the the sponsored ad on Facebook went through like all the shit that I shouldn't really care about because that's not what being in a band is about. Um, but I woke up at like two in the morning at like two thirty, and I was having the problem with the Spotify thing, and that got me all pissed off. And then 
I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to make the thing on Bandcamp, like, public. And because you can't... Pretty much, Facebook makes it impossible to let anybody know about anything without doing a sponsored ad, yeah. which is complete fucking bullshit. Um, so I was, like, so anxious to get on there and make the post just so then I could make it a sponsored ad because you can't like time the post and then make it a sponsored ad. You have to publish it first and then you can sponsor it. I'm like, yeah. this is so fucking frustrating. So at two 30 in the morning, I'm awake. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck it. I'm doing it. And then like instantly orders started coming in. I was like, Oh fuck. Okay. And then like, I was at work the next day. And I think before, before 9am, like the splatter was sold out. And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. It, 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 you know, I feel so bad for the lady at the post office who has to deal with me every day. Um, but Are you guys at least on, like, a first-name basis now, though? Yeah, Barb. She's great. <laughs> she's super cool. Uh, the the second day that I went in there, you know, the first day – because, like, my I had, a, I had a whole, like, method. I was like I, – I, I have these, like, milk crates, and I can fit, like, 13, 13 to 14 records in a milk crate. So my, what my plan was, because I work, so I work at a pharmaceutical manufacturing company. So throughout this entire pandemic, I've still been going into work every day. Mm-hmm. So I work, you know, in a town that's like 20, 15, 20 minutes away from here. So I have my, I had my whole plan where I was going to take two milk crates with me to work every day of records on my lunch break. I'll drive to the post office near my job and send out, you know, the first milk crate of records there. And then on my way home, I'll hit the one by my house and drop all those records off. That way I'm not burdening one post office with like upwards of 30 records all at once. So I spent an entire fucking week trying to go to the post office by my job. And every day there was just something. There was like the one day they were doing construction directly out front (laughs) and it, it, I just couldn't get inside the next day. I, get into the parking lot and the line to get in or the line for the, for, you know, to get up to the counter of the post office is the length of the entire building. And I only have a 30 minute lunch break and I'm trying to send out like 14 records. I'm like, this is not fucking happening. So I go the next day again, the line is long as hell. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. Now, now the lady at the Collingswood post office is going to have to deal with me. Um, so the second day I was in there, you know, I, I, you know, I bring 28 records to her or whatever it is. And she's like, uh, is this, is this more business than you're used to usually? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I play in a band and we put out a record and she just thought it was like the coolest thing. And, you know, she took the, you know, 10, 12 minutes to do our whole transaction. And at the end, she was like, I hope you're in here every day selling records. And I was like, that just made me feel so much better. That's and awesome. I feel like a lot less of a prick for bringing in, uh, you know, 30 records a day. Um, yeah, so, you know, I just saw her a few hours ago. Um, no, she's super cool. And uh, she's she's handled the last two weeks like a, like a saint. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, man. So, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been cool. Um and it's just you know it, it's just cool to like with putting out the the repress it's just cool to like think a lot about that time in our lives like think about making that record and think about all the shows we played behind it and 
you know, anything that sort of, you know, you know, came off of that time in our lives. Um, and like the Spotify for artists app has this like little feature where you can like make a playlist of stuff and like pin it to your, to your band's page or whatever. And it was like, so I made a playlist of like all the stuff that sort of like directly influenced 61 pen or like stuff that we were listening to in the van whenever we were playing shows around that time. So it kind of, I tried to make it feel like, uh, you were sort of like the sixth man in our van at, at that time. Like if you throw on that playlist, um, but it's cool. Like even throwing that, like a lot of that, some of that stuff was like songs I haven't listened to in a long time. Uh, but yeah, it's just been cool to like sort of reflect on the, like that record and that time. Um, since you actually do bring up the playlist, uh, what did, what did like those type of those songs and like those songs of that era, like bring to the table when you guys were making 61 pen, like instrumentally and lyrically. Um, I mean, instrumentally, we just wanted to fucking play fast. We just wanted to play really fucking fast. Um, it, it was just like, okay, how do we, how do we figure out, how do we figure out a way to rip off of Saves the Day, Kid Dynamite, and Ladderman all at once, <laughs> and then like make it our own thing? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. We just we just tried to write really fast, catchy songs. Um, and like, I, I can't really speak to the lyrics too much because that's all Jason. Like that, that is a hundred percent all him. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know, I know what a lot of the songs are about, but I'm not, you know, sure if if he's pulling tech, like lyrical influence from any one artist or anything or any you know any one singer or lyricist, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, I just like we're all just giant Saves the Day fans, and like especially being from Jersey, it's like part of our identity is to be like a save the day, like worship, uh, vehicle. But, um, yeah, just, just, you know, we just wanted to write really fast songs and, and, and that's what it was. Um, and we, we had the, we were hitting the point of like getting towards the end of writing the record. And I remember me and Billy sitting in my basement and, we're, we're sitting there each other, like we're sitting there across from each other with our guitars. And we were just joking about how we thought it was like the hardest thing to write a song over two and a half minutes long. Like every song was like a minute 30, a minute 45, two minutes on the dot. Um, and then we sat down and like tried to write a song like over, like we're like, let's hit that fucking three minute mark. And we could not fucking do it. We we were like this this is fucking trash fuck this and then we're like let's just stick to what we know, um, yeah so you know we just you know we just wanted to play really fast that's it that's all it was yeah I mean yeah I I feel like everyone's early like pop punk or punk bands always end up playing fast and yeah it's just a matter of like you do it right and it doesn't sound yeah. like trash. Yeah. It doesn't sound like overly done, you know? And yeah, you guys yeah. definitely at least pieced it out where it's might be going fast, but you can still feel everything, which is Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. It wasn't like you could understand what was happening. Yeah. 
and, and you know, and compared to other bands, we were not playing that fucking fast. But um, it's it was funny going back and learning, not not necessarily like relearning the songs, but playing those songs again when we were leading up to the reunion shows, because we you know we've all played in bands since, and none of which have played songs as fast as the sixty one pen songs, and I remember like this is a fucking workout for my wrist. Like trying to like doing all these like palm mutes and everything again. Um, but it was fun. It was so much fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just a huge part of like getting all of those songs together. was just like, you know, it, it, it's very, that album is very much sort of a, a love letter to like just a lot, a lot of East coast stuff like saves the day and Latterman and kid dynamite and lifetime and all like all the stuff that we just you know absolutely loved and yeah. we just wanted to write songs like that um so whatever like people are coming up with like band names and and trying to pull <laughs> stuff together you always you might know where i'm going with this by the time i'm done with it uh for sure uh but you always try and like pull off of bands or songs that you're like listening to frequently yeah and uh there's a certain pop punk band that's pretty big in the from uk uh yeah, currently they, they, did they tour with lil wayne <laughs> oh they did they definitely oh, did. Did, they, did they for sure <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah okay that threw me uh yeah. and some people don't fully know that this came from you like i was i literally talked to a friend on saturday and I was like, oh, yeah, like, they specifically got it from Boom Roasted. And we're obviously talking about Neck Deep. Um, yeah. How did that feel to have them, like, take that, like, take a lyric of yours and, like, be like, this is what we want to be called. And then just have them, like, still to this day, like, oh, yeah, 100% Crucial Dudes all day, every day. Like, yeah. It's wild. Um, it's really, really crazy. It's very flattering. Um I don't, you know, we don't know those guys. They're they're just, you know, huge fans of our band, which is cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's a very very weird feeling, especially <laughs> to um to like exp- like I remember talking to my mom and saying like, oh yeah, the band that got their band name from a song that I wrote when I was 16. They're on tour with Blink-182 and Lil Wayne at the same time. I mean, like, <laughs> it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, it's, it's really, really cool. It, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, like I remember <laughs> walking through the mall, uh, local to my, to my house. Um, and walking past the hot topic and in the window was a neck deep crew neck and it was it was it was just so weird it's it's really really strange um it's 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 something that you can't really like explain how you feel other than saying it's just it's super weird yeah it, it doesn't make any sense like how how people and and not specifically those guys but just any how anybody from the UK, you know, uh, you know, thank the universe for the internet, I guess. But like how anybody from the UK stumbled across our stupid fucking band is beyond me. 
and decided to name their their i mean granted i'm sure they didn't know how giant they were going to be yeah uh, but yeah it's it's really weird man um the coolest part about that about that whole thing and i don't i don't know if you know this story but um so obviously they're somewhat tight with blink 182 mhm and uh around the time that we were it was actually right before we announced the reunion show we knew we were doing it we just hadn't announced anything yet and nobody knew we were doing anything um mark hoppus of blink 182 are you familiar with are you familiar with blink 182 yeah yeah Yeah. just a little bit yeah yeah (laughs) uh so mark hoppus of blink 182 had a podcast at the time um i don't think it lasted very long but he would just have you know same sort of deal as what you're doing he would talk shit and you know have musicians on he he had one of the guys from neck deep on like they were in the studio in florida or something and he called he called them on the phone just to see you know how recording was going or whatever and like you know you know he's he's friends with them i guess yeah and he was like oh while while i have you um what does neck deep mean and the the i'm not sure which member of the band he had on the phone but he was like oh it's from it's actually a, a lyric from an old pop punk band uh from the states and mark hoppus goes oh what band and he says crucial dudes and mark hoppus goes crucial dudes okay i'll have to check them out so <laughs> hearing mark hoppus say our band name was the greatest thing like no like no matter what the context, it was just so, so awesome. And and this is coming from a person whose first bass guitar in fifth grade was the Mark Hoppus signature bass. So it that that was just the coolest fucking thing in the world. And just again, just so weird. Like how the how the fuck does that happen? Um, right. And the the kid from Neck Deep actually said on the podcast, he was like yeah, you know, they broke up a few years ago, but, you know, maybe this will spark some sort of reunion. <laughs> and we were already, we already knew we were doing the reunion at that time. Um, so it was funny. It was just kind of like, it was a cool little thing to happen, like right before we were about to like play some shows again. We were like, yeah. oh, okay, that's kind of cool. That's weird. That's, dude, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. You, you so should have, like, Mark... sorry, go ahead. No, um, Mark Hoppus was like, okay, like Crucial Dudes. Okay, I'll have to check them out. We so badly wanted to send him a record. We so badly like wanted to fucking find his PO box number or something and send him, send him an album. I'm sure that uh, you still got time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a hundred of them left. Yeah, now, so exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly put one away with Mark Hoppus's name on it. You know, that'd be. He, he would. Do you think he would use a fake name? Like, let's say he did check you guys out, got super into it, and was like, "Oh, they're re-releasing this. I want to get a copy." Do you think he would use his real name, or if he, he probably, would use a fake name? Probably like Hark Hark Moppus. Something, <laughs> something cool, something real discreet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be awesome though. Like, I want to tour with fucking Blink One Eighty Two and Lil Wayne. You know. You just gotta make it like more of the more of the tour than one one other band right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um crucial dudes like where did that name come from <laughs> dude so 
it was actually the the um the day that um the band that billy and jason played in uh that the day that that band kind of disintegrated it happened at like one of their shows like i i don't remember exactly what happened but the band kind of fell apart and they were like fuck it we're starting a new band whatever and <laughs> billy billy thought it would be funny to name the band crucial dudes and like and and you get you get so many people or we've had so many people over the years who were like what a fucking stupid band name blah blah and we're like yeah that's the point like it's you know it, it's supposed to be stupid like you know humor's humor's you know subjective just like anything else so like yeah. either you find it funny or you don't like we never meant for it to be serious we're not we're not trying to sound any more, you know, fucking important than we are. It, it's, you know, it was it was always tongue in cheek. It was always meant to be stupid. Um, and from the moment Billy said "Crucial Dudes," I fucking hated it. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, it, but but now it's like, you know, it's taken on a life of its own. As, yep. You know, so you know, it's it's for as stupid as it is, it's something very near and dear to all of our hearts. So, um, yeah, it's just like, for the people who get upset about it, it's like, just, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> like, don't, don't take it so seriously. It's a stupid joke. You know, whatever. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> you know, just, just have fun. <laughs> that's that's all, fun. that's all that matters. Don't, don't be a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to, to mention, uh, yeah, especially with uh, a Spiff and Time coming out, and uh, I've been listening to that a lot lately, uh, just because it's like all to me at least like new stuff since yeah, I never listened to the splits. Um, five point nine percent of the beast. Uh, <laughs> like I, I listened to it probably twice today. One, nice. uh, love the intro. F- fuck fear, drink beer, obviously. Yeah. Uh, wait, so do you wait? Sidetrack. I don't mean to uh, cut you off. Yeah. But do you know what? Do you know what? Fuck fear. Drink beer is from. No. So, um, you know Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. So, one of his shirts that he used to have with like the big skeleton on it and everything, or like the big skull, it said "Fuck fear. Drink beer" on it. So that was where we got that. From. <laughs> so okay. and to be to be perfectly on brand, I'm drinking this Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. Nice. Yeah, so just just a little side note. No, I I dig it. Uh, I'm uh, as usual drinking uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Okay. Sorry the the camera when I do zoom is like really shitty. So you, there's the ribbon. There we there go. You. There For the go. audio listeners, he's holding up his can of Pabst yeah. Blue Ribbon. They're they're oh. used to it by now. Um, oh yeah. Where are they going with that? Oh yeah, oh, that yeah. song, uh, lyrically fits so well like even with what's going on in today's world yeah it uh, aged it aged pretty all right yeah uh so if anyone's listening go listen to that song and you'll understand it's a great song actually everything listen to everything off of a spit of in time when you're not listening to 61 pen because there's some really good jams on there for Excellent. sure so yeah 5.9 was always one of the later ones that we really kind of like hung our hat on we were we were all pretty stoked about that song um, just cause we, we were kind of getting out of the plane, like fast saves the day, like can't slow down sort of stuff all mm-hmm. the time, like writing some more 
straightforward songs, but I we always thought that one turned out pretty cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. We love playing that song. Huh. So yeah, I, I I appreciate that you uh, enjoy it. So I don't know if you if you picked up on it. Are you familiar with Milwaukee's best? Yeah. Beer. So that's where five point nine percent of the beast comes from. Because oh, it, okay. it's five point nine percent alcohol. So like we would we would go and like not we wouldn't have like parties, but we would go over to Brandon's um college apartment and you know, we were young and broke, so we wanted like whatever was cheap and whatever was gonna get us drunk quick. Yeah. So like Milwaukee's best was like the that the beer it was like 5.9 percent alcohol and like everybody always called it milwaukee's beast because it would get you so fucked up so uh yeah so like i'm pretty sure it was billy's idea like he was like it has the song title has nothing to do with the song so it was just like oh like instead of iron maiden 666 the number of the beast it was 5.9 the percent of the beast yeah so that was where that from that's awesome like i'd Granted, I've never drank Milwaukee's Best, but I've never also heard it called Milwaukee's Beast or anything, so yeah. that's, that's a great little insight. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the Beast is something special. <laughs> it, it's actually not as it's not as disgusting as you would think. Yeah. Like, I, I would definitely take it over a good amount of, like, other shitty beers, for sure. See, my freshman year, we drank a lot of, like, Keystone, so... Dude, the <laughs> sophomore year, my sophomore year of high school... I got caught drinking and I was drinking Keystone. <laughs> that, that was it. That was like my, my town's like local. That was like the high school beer Keystone. It was like, yeah, it was brutal. I don't think yeah. I've had it since. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I won't, I won't touch one. Uh, yeah. Brutal. I, I remember there was a couple years back. I was hanging out with someone. They're like, Hey, you want a beer? And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And they handed me, handed me a natty light. And I was Ooh. like, can I just hand this back to you? Like, I don't want, like, <laughs> I, I'm down with free beer. I just don't want this. Yeah, it's just, it's not. And, like, I love, and, like, I like I like shitty beer. Like, I I enjoy PBR. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love, I love Miller High Life. Um, I love Yingling. Uh, and, like, I'll take a Miller Light any day over Coors Light or Bud Light or, like, <laughs> So like I'm no I'm no you know never been a stranger to shit beer like Gen- did you ever did you ever have Genesee Cream Ale? No. Oh dude, that was one that like that's that's a that's a crucial dude's beer Genesee Cream Ale. If you look it up, it's fucking delicious. It was so good, so cheap. Um, I think there's one dive bar in Philly that sells it. Um, it's just delicious. It's a, it's like a green can. Genesee cream ale, it's so good. Um, oh, we drank a bunch of shit. Lion's Head, you ever have Lion's Head? No, I mean, uh, never even where, heard. Where of are Lion you Head. from again? Uh, so I'm from the Midwest. Like I, I'm originally from Iowa, but I live in Minneapolis now. Oh, okay. Um, like I was, I was big in like Bush Light and Bud Light. Bush Light, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a. I feel like that's some like backwoods stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah dude like, like you gotta wear a lot of camo to drink that or something yeah like once a year that <laughs> they've been releasing uh a thing called a bushel of bush light yeah. so like there's 52 pounds or something in like a bushel of corn 
So they sell like this big collector's box that looks like a like a bunch of corn stalks, wow. and it's fifty two cans in it. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. sick. It gets real farmery. But... Dude, I feel like we could have had a second podcast just talking about beer, just talking talking about shitty beer exclusively. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So Lion's Head, Lion's Head is this beer. Maybe it's maybe it's local to Pennsylvania, uh, or like Pennsylvania, Jersey. But uh, it's 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 I forget how it's labeled. It's like deluxe Lions Head Deluxe Pilsner or something like that. I may have just thrown that word deluxe in there out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it says that though. But it's it's a shitty it, or it's a cheap beer, but it's so good. It's it's not what you'd expect at all. Like you order it and you're expecting just like the worst of the worst just from the name. Yeah, and it's like pleasantly not bad. And, and there's, I, I went to a, a restaurant in Philly one time and they had it on the menu and it was like, and they labeled it the world's best shitty beer. I'm like, that's, that's a hundred percent true. And it's, it's so good. The, um, and if you get it in a bottle, you, you take the bottle cap off and there's like a, um, like a riddle on under each bottle cap it'll be like three little animated pictures and you have to like put it together and figure out what it is so huh. like it's just fun it's cool yeah. we yeah we drank a ton of lion's head lion's head's great you gotta look it up lion's head pilsner um yeah i don't know Shit, shitty beer is great regular beer is great now i'm just freaking out trying to figure out if i added that deluxe in there or not <laughs> <laughs> oh it is right there it is deluxe. Can, yeah, Lion's Head. I don't know if you can see it. Lion's okay. Head Delu- yeah, deluxe, deluxe Pilsner. Sick. So good. Um, I feel like we've come to the point in the the, the episodes where... um, I'm just double-checking to make sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> oh, actually, before we get to this next point, uh, one thing I want to bring up, and you know about this because you've posted about it, but how okay. insane is it that people are have been buying the record and then immediately trying to resell it for yeah. like three times the price, like three yeah. to four times the price. Like you guys still uh, have it up. Yeah, and it's insane. And like, you know, I, I, I is it a little it. flattering? It's fl- uh, sure. Uh, like I don't know because it could just be some dude who doesn't fucking know who we are, and he just saw that you know he follows some sort of like. I don't know. Maybe his algorithm fucking just spits any new vinyl release into his fucking feed. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, he saw that it was the most rare variant and bought fucking four of them. And and you know, I said something to uh, Billy and Brandon. Um, I was like, this dude ordered fucking four of them, and his so like his name came up on like. The, his email maybe but where it was getting shipped to it said rare limiteds i was like this dude's oh. gonna fuck like i yeah. knew like i knew and i so badly just wanted to cancel it and i was like i would much rather and, and it just made me that much more upset when i saw it um i was like because i know you know someone like yourself and you know there were like close friends of ours that missed out on the splatter variant yeah. I missed it by like 30 and I, minutes. Yeah. And I was like, man, I would have much rather 
fucking sold those four copies to anyone else for, you know, 17 bucks instead yeah. of this fucking guy selling it for 54.50 or whatever the hell he's charging for it. You know, so I don't think it's it's a, you know, it, it would be flattering if it was someone who just genuinely wanted four fucking copies of the record <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but no, I, th- I think he's just a dude who, you know, scopes out, you know, new releases that are, you know, that have a rare variant and stuff. And I think that's all it was. And you know what, whatever. It, it, I, I had my, th- I have my time to get mad about it, but it's just like, fuck it, whatever. It's not my basement anymore. It's your problem now. Like have fun, yeah. have, have fun sitting on that for the next fucking 20 years. Cause you're not going to sell it for $55. Yeah. So when I, I pulled it up and I looked at that price and I was like, like I, I would, would have loved to grab, uh, the, I just lost the name of the splatter print one. Yeah, but yeah. There's no way, like, yeah, you guys are great. I'm not going to pay that when I can get at least something else from you still for like yeah. a fraction. And none of us would ever expect anyone to pay that yeah. much. That's fucking insane. Like, I, I would, I would rather have those records back and just send them to four people for free because it, it, it's just such a shit move. But whatever. Yeah. You know, they're. they're there are people like that for every hobby. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're into. You know, there's going to be people flipping stuff. And, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've definitely sold records from my collection that, you know, are, you know, were rare that, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's just different when it's like a, a small yeah. band that's, you know, still has copies of the record available. It's not like a record that came out 10 years ago that you can't get anymore. Right, exactly. You know? So it, it was just goofy. But, yeah, it's just a weird move. You know? Um, sorry, Wait, that was, like, my one of my last questions, and I had to get, like, some response from it, because, like, that was so shitty. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, we're we're at the point in the, the episodes where um, I like to ask everyone that's on uh some good shitty fun terrible time uh stories from either shows or tours everyone's got them uh yeah they're they're all different different variations but are there any from they can be crucial dudes times they can be any of your other band times um of some good stories from the road yeah um oh man there's definitely there's definitely good ones uh one that immediately pops into my mind is uh, it was the tour we did in 2011. Uh, it was the it was the one like official tour we did behind 61 Pen. Uh, we were out with His Day Has Come, and we were playing in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, the show was incredible. Um, I remember. I remember we we had sold out of of t-shirts I think that night. So we had to have um Jeremy the guy who was, you know, he was the head of the label that we were on and he he ran a screen printing shop as well. So he printed up like 100 more shirts and got them like overnight shipped to us to the next place that we were staying. Um but that's that's aside from the point. Uh we, so we played in Springfield, Missouri. We were out with his day has come, and so between all of us, so there was there's four of them, 
And then there was five of us and our friend, Jamie, who was like our sixth member. He was, he's our best friend. He, he came with us everywhere. Um, out of, so that entire tour, we all shared a van. So there was, you know, 10 of us crammed into a 15 passenger van for two and a half weeks. Um, so the whole, the whole tour was, was a, a total blast. Um, but so out of everybody, I'm the youngest and I've always been the young, like o- only by like a few months here and there, but I've always been the youngest. And, uh, so before the show, two of the guys in his day has come were, they found a bar down the street, like a dive bar down the street. And they were just hanging out drinking. And there were like a few guys there who had like cowboy hats on and shit. And like the dudes from his day, like took the cowboy hats and they were posing with them or whatever. And, uh, they came back like right as the show was starting. They were like, we're going there after the show. And, you know, the, sh- the show was great. We had an awesome time. We ate some really, really garbage pizza after the show. Um, cause I, I'm certain there's no good pizza anywhere in Missouri. Um, <laughs> and we go down to the bar and I was already like nervous because I was like, I, I think I was, I was 20 at the time. So I was, I was only like a month or so away from turning 21. Yeah. Um, or no, if it's 2011. No. So I was, yeah, I was 20. It was like a year until I would turn 21. So I was like, I was like a good year away. Um, so we go down to the bar and I'm nervous. I'm like, are they going to give me a hard time about like getting in? Like, am I, am I going to be the one to ruin this for everybody that we can't go? Like, am I just going to have to fucking sit in the van? So we go into this bar and it, it like, when you, when you picture a dive bar, it was the dive bar of all dive bars. Um, we go in, there's, <laughs> there's a table of these two older women. And I, they were like easily late sixties. Um, they're the only patrons in the bar. So there's the two of them, the old woman behind the bar, the guy running the karaoke. Oh no, I'm sorry. Those two older women weren't the only patrons. And then there was one random old dude just chilling. (laughs) Um, and then the 10 of us roll in. And they, they just look like, whoa, like, like the woman behind the bar was like, who are, who are these guys? Like, she was just so excited that there was anybody in there. And so again, two older women, the one old guy, the guy running karaoke for no one, for the, for the no one that's doing karaoke. (laughs) And then the woman behind the bar and then 10 of us fucking roll in and as soon as we walked in, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Like, no problem. Like, this lady is not going to give a shit about carding me or anything. Right. So I was dr- – so that was on topic. This That was the only time I've ever had PBR out of a bottle. That bar had PBR in bottles, so I was – we were – you know, I was drinking that all night. And we just did karaoke for hours. <laughs> and it was, it was just the best. And we were just – and, like, we were just doing stupid shit and, like – it's not like an outrageous story, but it was just a really, really fun time. We were pretty much the only people in the bar. We rolled up, did karaoke for like three hours probably. And then the 
the entire night, that old dude was just fucking sitting there. He gets up at the end of the night and does karaoke to, um, I, I don't remember what the song's called, but it's by Green Jelly, and it's like, little pig, little pig, let me in, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. But it's like this hard, like, metal version of it. And yeah. he was do, and it, it was just absurd. It was, it was so strange. Um, so that, I mean, that night was just fun. It's, it, there's nothing outrageous about it, but that was just a really good time. And then, uh, one time we played in Norfolk, Virginia at this venue called the Jewish mother. And, uh, was hands down before, before the reunion show that we played at the church, it was one of the most wild shows we had ever played. Um, fresh off like the record officially being out probably like two 200 kids there who who all, all knew the words they were there was a security guard who was like ripping people down off the stage and then at one point i don't remember what song it was maybe it was like gentlemen or hockey pants or something but at one point everybody just bum rushed the stage and I, this kid did like a leapfrog over the security guard and it was it was just the funny one of the funniest things i've ever seen um and at that same show we our van pulled up and this this was the same same tour as the as the his day his days come tour our van pulled up and it, the show was on my birthday in uh in august and we're at <laughs> we pull up and there's this group of kids out front already the the show didn't start for like an hour or so there's a group of kids all lined up and they have like balloons and a big birthday card and everything. And one of the guys in the van, I don't remember if it was anybody from crucial dudes or from his day, but they turn around and they're like, that's for you, Al. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, like you gotta be kidding me. Um, Cause I mean, I just, I do not like being the center of attention. So it was, it was very, very weird, but, but it's super, super sweet. And I still know, all those people to this day so it was, it was really cool um and very very sweet but uh yeah man just a, lo a lot of good times um that i think i think just that entire his day has come tour we just had we just had a really really awesome time because we were so fresh off of like putting the record out and people people were really really receptive to it yeah. and um yeah it was awesome yeah tours tours are always fun there's there's an endless amount of like good stories. Yeah, I, I usually try and like block out the terrible ones, because uh, those unless they're like somewhat funny, then it's it's good. But like, you just get some really shitty ones, and you're just like, I'm so over it. Like, I don't even want to think about this anymore. Dude, I've been there too, and it's like, uh, fortunately enough, and I I don't you know I don't want to say this to sound like a jerk, but it's like fortunately enough for we had it pretty all right where like a majority of our shows turned out really like pretty well like luckily for us um oh wait i have another good one i have okay. another good uh, story and um so same tour it's the his day has come tour again we played somewhere in ohio um it was this it was this like sort of a warehouse but it was on like a main strip in i want to say i want to say it was cleveland it could very well have been columbus um you know don't hold me to that but it yeah. was somewhere in ohio 
I think it was a Sunday. We got there and we were all starving. And apparently everything in Ohio on a Sunday closes at like fucking 3 p.m. <laughs> and like in, in Jersey, that's pretty normal too. Like, like restaurants and stuff. They'll like, or not, maybe not restaurants, but like smaller places will like close at five or close mm-hmm. at six or whatever. But I feel like everything closed like mid afternoon. So we rolled into town. Nothing was open. We're fucking starving. We're playing at this weird. It was a. It was like a warehouse venue, but it was on the top floor of this building. So it's not like the whole. Like we didn't have access to the whole thing. Yeah. And there was a really really sketchy elevator that took us up to the top floor where the show was, and. I just remember Brandon having like a heart attack in not literally having a heart attack, but like scared shitless of this elevator. Cause we're like, we're in this elevator, you know, probably four dudes at a time with a bunch of amps and guitars and drums and stuff. And he's like, this thing's going to go down and like, we're not going to make it like this. This is going to be terrible. And uh, the show turned out to be awesome. It was, it was an incredible show. Uh, but the people we stayed with that night, I don't know who they were. Maybe they were, they may have been like in one of the bands that played. They may have helped put on the show. I don't really remember, but we stayed in their house and the next morning we woke up and we're all fucking starving. (laughs) Someone did a, maybe me, someone did a poor job of searching like food in the area. And the only thing that was like super close, like in walking distance was a Burger King. And it's like 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning, whatever it is. So we all fucking hoof it down to Burger King. And like, dude, before that, I probably couldn't tell you the last time I had Burger King. Uh, so we're sitting there eating Burger King. It's it's not a good feeling. And across from me is this old guy. And he has a hot cup of coffee. And I know that because I can see it. I can see the fucking brown liquid and the steam coming off of it and he has a cheeseburger and Billy and I are sitting there and the dude takes his burger and dunks it in his coffee and proceeds to eat it and it was almost like like clockwork as as I see that happen and I get like nauseous I look up and I see Chris who was from his days come I see him outside walking down the street with a bag of Subway. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what I wouldn't do right now to be eating, to have fucking Subway instead of <laughs> Burger King. And that's not something I'd ever thought I would say. But what I would do right now to be eating Subway and not watching this old man dunk his burger in his coffee. Just just weird. Just, yeah. just real weird times in Ohio. <laughs> but the show was cool. So that's that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, as long as the show's cool, like yeah, that's all that matters. Like I remember. Well, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, there was this time that we, so I, I used to tour manage. Uh, yeah, that's my what friend's I was band. I listened to um, to one of the other episodes, and I heard you mention how you used to tour manage. So you've been you've been on the you've you've dealt with the uh, the uh, the tri- the trials and tribulations of touring oh, in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I used to tour with my friend's band. Uh, they were called Exit Emergency from Iowa, and uh, I remember one time we did a weekend run to. It was either Cleveland or Columbus. So when you started saying that you guys played like this warehouse, I was like, 
oh fuck how like how many warehouses can there be and like that it could be no but like yours didn't seem as sketch uh so we played on like this first floor and it was just like you're already better off than mine (laughs) right uh it was just like a first floor like it almost looked like a venue because it was like that typical like checkerboard tile that's always down there was kind of a riser for like a drum kit and like the show goes over like well like we met some good people it was a great time and then we were like well we were still like eight hours away from home like anyone got a place to stay and they're like oh you can just if you wanted to you could stay here in this warehouse and we're like we look at the bathroom it's nothing like it's like it's bad like the green room has like a uh, futon that you don't even want to sit on and then come to find out like we noticed people like always being around and like going upstairs into the rest of this warehouse um it was like an old apartment building and like it's p- apparently paid off but people like rent rooms and they just go up there and like do crack and like oh. heroin and we were like yeah Fuck this. Yeah, we're not going to stay here. We're not going to deal with this at all. Yeah. And then st- proceeded to stay at one of the nicest truck stops I've ever stayed at. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, man. Uh, every every band has a dozen of those stories where it's like, oh, yeah, you guys can stay here. And it's like, <laughs> fuck. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather drive eight hours and go home. Right. <laughs> you, know? Um, you, know, you know, it's a nice gesture and, you know. You know, some, you know, touring bands, you know, ourselves included at, you know, certain times we would, we'll, we'd fucking take whatever we could get. And, you know, yeah. we did our fair share of the, uh, the Walmart parking lot sleeping and, you know, oh, the yeah. whole, you know everybody does it. Um, yeah. I remember the first tour we ever did. It was the week after I graduated high school and <laughs> we stayed in a Walmart parking lot and it was, it was just so sticky and, and gross and disgusting and, <laughs> nobody could get comfortable so our our bassist at the time he took he was like i i have to go sleep under the van because they're, they're like i i can't get comfortable in here and he took he was like give me the keys so nobody runs me over so he took the keys and went and slept underneath the van um yeah it's it's you know every every you know shitty punk band has those stories yeah. so you know we're not we're not unique to that but it, it's always experiencing it for the first time is always uh always a treat yeah. yeah i've never heard of someone sleeping underneath underneath the van i think i talked on yeah. like the last episode or the one before but we were doing like a, a long haul run at night and i woke up and we were at a, a truck stop and there was like feet hanging off the roof of the van someone had decided to sleep on top of the van oh yeah so Dude. that was so first the same tour the the first tour we ever did um our friend Tanner, he came, he came with us to do to to sell merch, and the last show we played of the tour was in West Virginia, and the drive and I don't know if you've ever been to West Virginia, but West Virginia is a lot of nothing, <laughs> and I don't mean to you know offend any of your West Virginian listeners, but I'm 100% okay with never going back to West Virginia ever again. Um. But we played a show there. It was super weird. Um, we stayed. We stayed at this really fucking sketchy dude's house. I slept in the van. Um, he had like dogs in his closet, and people were doing coke. I'm pretty sure it was weird. It was really weird. 
he was like the father of the person who put on the show. I think his name was Stitch. I think the I think the dude's name was Stitch. <laughs> um, but he had like dogs in his closet, and like people were like doing coke and stuff, and like being at a party where people were doing coke to like a 17 year old kid who just graduated high school. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> um, it was pretty weird, but we played that show. I'm pretty sure a majority of us, not, not me. Cause I, I was, I checked out pretty early and I slept in the van, but, uh, m- uh people probably drank too much and we had the drive home from West Virginia to New Jersey the next day. And our old bass player had like the Ampeg eight by ten bass cabinet, so yeah. which is like the length of a human body. Um, we had that like propped up in the back of our van, and Tanner went to sleep when we left West Virginia, and like laid like <laughs> like was like this for the entire ride. Like he, I was somewhat convinced he was dead. For the entire ride home. And then, you know, we got there. We got to Jersey and he woke up and left. He was asleep the entire fucking ride. I've never seen anything like it. But um yeah, I mean, no no punk band has any shortage of shitty shitty uh places to sleep. Yeah. I I so I, I think I brought this up on an episode. I I was thinking about the article that comes out like maybe once a year for the past like couple years um about that one band from uh california they're like a two-member band and like the article was talking about how they have such a rough time on the road because they have to like stay at hotels and like they're they're also in like these like mercedes-benz like like mover vans and they each have their own row and like video games tv they have a driver but they have to stay at the hotels and we're like I was like, are you yeah. fucking kidding? Like, this is yeah, nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. cake. Yeah. And like, like, you know, and I've played, I've done tours since, since the Crucial Dude stuff where like, you know, we're, we're dudes like in our, you know, late twenties now. So it's like, yeah, if we're going on tour, we know we're not making money. We know that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we're kind of using our PTO days from work to go out and like, just cause we want to travel and play shows. So like, yeah, we'll say fuck it. And we'll get a hotel, like maybe, you know, five of the seven nights, just cause you know, we want to be fucking comfortable at this point. Yeah. No, we're not, we're not going out there to like be a band that gr- like does, you know, we're not on tour for six months out of the year. Like we're not doing that. We're not, we're not expecting to come home with money. Like we'd rather go shows go, like go, I'm sorry go play shows and be comfortable and just like go fucking eat some like local food and hang out like that. Like that's that, that became the fun part. Um, but no, like in the, in the early crucial dudes days, it's like, yeah, we'll sleep wherever the fuck you'll let us. And you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's tour life for you people that are listening. Uh, if you haven't done it, be ready. Yeah. And it's fun. It is, it is, when there, there's a there's a sweet spot there's a window of time where it's really really fun yeah um it wouldn't be fun now uh, but but it there there's a there's definitely a window of time where it's it's a it's it is the time of your life yeah for sure definitely definitely some good times 
Yeah. Um, well, before we wind down here, uh, Alec, uh, one, thank you again so much for wanting to, or like being a part of this and agreeing to do it. Um, yeah, it was I definitely one of those where I hit that email, not knowing if that email was even working anymore and just crossing <laughs> my fingers. And I was stoked that I got a response. Yeah, my pleasure, man. This was awesome. Um, before we take off, if anyone yeah. wanted to still get, find any Crucial Dudes music or get a, a record, where can they find that? Um, CrucialDudes.BandCamp.com. It has pretty much everything uh, we've ever done except for the EP or the demo or whatever you want to call it because we just don't have like proper files of those. <laughs> because Bandcamp requires WAV files. And I don't think wave files of those songs exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, crucialdudes.bandcamp.com has all of the, uh, you know, records or whatever t-shirts we have left. Um, yeah. Uh, also and fun fact Spotify, for people. Spotify, yeah. Apple music, all that, all that stuff. Um, also fun fact for people. If anyone still wanted to get their hands on the crucial dudes, um, his day has come split. Uh, Jumpstart Records actually still has copies. Oh, cool. There you go. Um, I snagged one from there uh, the there other day, so they still got them. Awesome. Um, I know we, we talked a lot about Crucial Dudes tonight, and uh, I don't want to like put off... You You are still in other bands, and yeah, what's, yeah, every, yeah. What's, what's everyone been up to since then? Like, Is anyone else in another band? Like, Yeah. Who should we shout so, out um, here? Yeah. So, um, Billy... And Brandon are playing in a band with our friend Kevin right now called um, Graduation Speech, where uh, it's so Kevin's a good friend of ours and he actually works at Jumpstart. Um, and he's he's actually Kevin's actually the reason that Crucial Dude signed to Jumpstart. Um, but he had like an acoustic singer songwriter sort of project that he was trying to build into like a full band thing. Okay. So Billy and Brandon started playing with him, and they're going to be putting out a uh, a three song EP um, sometime this year. Uh, Kevin already has solo stuff out under graduation speech, but um, yeah, they, they they just started playing with him, and they they just recorded uh, three new songs with him. So that'll be coming out sometime this year. Brandon also plays in a punk band from Philly called God Damn It. Um, he just joined a few, like maybe two years ago, but um, he's been playing pretty regularly regularly with them. Um, and I think they're getting ready to put another record out. They already have a bunch of stuff out, so you can go and check that. Um, and then Eric, our drummer, and I play in a band together um, called Cabanaware. And it's just like a, an indie power pop so like it just sounds like old weezer it just sounds like that sort of stuff um but yeah we have a record out um we have an ep that we put out last year um yeah so i mean that's what all of us are doing uh i would you know we would love to get together at some point and write some songs all together and you know if something comes from it we would be happy to we would be more than happy to do it. It's uh, people people like send us messages and leave us comments and stuff all the time, and they're like, you know, you should do, you should do a record, you know, those last two songs you did were really good, 
And we're like, yeah, we would fucking love to. We just, you know, we're just five busy people. Like, we just got to <laughs> find time to do it. It's yeah. not as easy as it was when we were, you know, 19. Uh, so, you know, the the book isn't isn't closed on Crucial Dudes. I think, you know, when the time is right, we'll, you know, we'll we'll figure out stuff to do. Um, whether, what you know, whether it's another two songs or whether it's some shows or, you know, whatever, it, you know, whatever it is, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find time to do stuff together because, you know, we, we truly do love it. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Graduation speech on Bandcamp and God damn it on Bandcamp and Spotify and Cabana Air, Bandcamp, Spotify, all that, all that, you know. All the places you can find music, yeah. you know where to find. Um, so yeah, definitely go check out all their stuff. Check out a Swift and Time because if you haven't listened to any of the splits, easiest way to do it. Um, definitely go listen to the remastered sixty one pen. Um, real quick in the in the words of the band Handguns, uh, sixty one pen in referencing sixty one pen. This is one of the most important records in modern pop punk. So <laughs> definitely go check it out if you haven't already. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites, and if you listen to the episode, uh, the beers with Eps- beers with Michael Minnesota, I basically talked all about it as well. Um, prior to that release, um, so before we take off, if you or anyone you know should be a part of it, an episode of Beers with Bands, uh, please let me know, um, or send me their info. I'll, I'll look them up. Oh yeah, uh, I- I'm always down to have new new bands on or talk about old bands uh that mean a lot so thank you so much again alec for being a part of this um thanks for having me it means a lot hopefully once covid dies down we can see what uh cruise dudes might be up to in the in the future um until then thanks for hanging out thank you all right see you can you please show me something